0: Freaking this this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark Matt Marcus. Sorry about just like Mike presented
1: by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard on Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the
2: buff dudes
1: at? Have- now here are your hosts, Brock Euerd and
2: Mike Saul. <laughs> All right, so good stuff there
3: from Jerry DePoto. I want to take a few minutes to react to that before eventually uh, we'll talk to Ron Francis. The uh, Kraken GM who just got himself a nice contract extension. We'll do that coming up at nine thirty this morning and uh, very curious to uh, have some, some time with him. Cause I think he's in a big spot right now with a team on the rise. Uh, two biggest things I heard from Jerry DePoto. Let's start with the Julio Rodriguez element of it. And you know, again, we hear this a lot, right? Fire the hitting coach. This guy's at fault. Do this, do that. And And I don't blame anybody for those takes. I mean, That for a long time was how baseball operated. And I think what you hear from Jerry is that it's just in the last couple of years that some of that stuff has started to change. What was it that got Julio turned around? Well, it wasn't just Julio and it wasn't just, you know, Jared DeHart or Tony Arnertz, the, the, the hitting coaches. He brought in his own guy. A lot of
4: work in the cage, you know, Julio spent a lot of time in this homestand with his hitting coach and And, you know, really just getting back to a good body position.
3: He goes on from there, but yeah, my ear certainly perked up when I heard with his hitting coach, his, he brought in his guy. Hey, I'm struggling. I need you. A little consultant action. You're the guy who's helped me create this swing. Why don't you come in here and help me out with it? And guess what? Julio's not unique in that fashion Each
4: of our players. And I want to, well, almost all of our players has their own hitting coach. (laughs) And you know, in, in Julio's case, Julio does have his own hitting coach who did spend time here at this homestand and and uh, including you know, time with, with Jared DeHart and Tony Arnerich. We as a practice lean into uh, our our players, individual coaches. And uh, we tend to philosophically we believe that the best thing we can do for our players is find a way to work together with their you know, their crew.
1: That's the part that jumped out to me the most. That they work with those guys, yeah, you don't have to sneak around. It's not a secret, nope, it's like it's just no, we're bring them in
3: we've that seen a lot you.
0: of that not being like the case in the NFL,
3: yeah, I mean, this is a sort of a new concept, right? This idea of embracing some of that stuff that players are doing to try to make themselves better. And in the Mariners case, going almost overboard to try to work with them, even saying, if you want to come in and work here with our guys, I mean, they want to have knowledge of of what's going on. We'd rather I mean, it's like a a parent who says, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather know where you are and not be happy about it than have you sneak out at night.
1: 100 percent. Right. Like, hey, don't sneak out. At least tell me where you are. <laughs> like this has got a little more endorsement than that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit. But yeah. you get the point. I, I totally get. You the get sentiment. the reference. I'm trying yes. to make. It's it's not a secret. It's not private. You're not lying about. Let's anything. all be on the same page. You can see the progress both of you are on. Yeah, I love it.
3: And and, and they can sort of have an understanding of how it fits into the team concept there. So. I uh, I thought that was that was great to hear and good to know that Julio is is found his right person and that it seems to be working and giving him an opportunity to kind of get back to being Julio and he's got all these multi-hit games since then and he's going to right field and he's you know hitting the ball hard and all of the things that you expect from Julio Rodriguez I think that's really really great news and a good sign and just shows a little bit of what that process is and we'll try to remember that the next time someone says fire the hitting coach it's not to say you never fire the hitting coach. It's just that that person doesn't necessarily do what you were firing him for not accomplishing. Right. It's that simple. Right. In this case, Jared DeHart and, and, and Tony Arnrich are working with
1: Julio's guy. And I think that's probably now one of the reasons I'm they end up sticking around. Now I'm more curious to hear how many players go through hitting coaches. Like how often we heard it with Tom, ah. but I'm curious to hear like how does that process? Ah, that's goes? a really good question. I don't
3: know how often and we see that, that with golf over. golf guys too, right? Sometimes they'll just you know try somebody new and mm-hmm. and and work with somebody who's got a different philosophy. Um, it happens. The other thing I get from Jerry, and this probably isn't a huge surprise, but he said it very clearly: they are looking to lengthen their lineup. They are looking for at least one bat and he also went beyond that to say there are sort of two paths they could go down. One could be a veteran bat end of a contract who you're renting. And in that if that's the case, they're not willing to give much up to get it. They aren't willing to give up a prized prospect to get somebody for 3 months. The other option is to look for somebody that we may not know is available that they could be looking to acquire for a much more long-term situation, not unlike what they did with Luis Castillo. And I think you hear from Jerry very specifically that in those spots, they are willing to be very aggressive. They're not going to overpay for a veteran bat. And when I say overpay, I mean with prospects. They're not going to give up one of these guys that's pitching well in order to get somebody for a couple of months but they would be willing to go maybe even farther than you think for the right kind of bat who could be a long-term or at least two- or three-year solution for them at a position. And so I don't know what that means yet. Obviously, we're just starting this process. Today is June 1st. And you heard Jerry say, you get about three weeks now where you're going to have serious conversations with teams, sort of figuring out where everyone's at. Then they're going to disappear a little bit as they dig into draft mode. The draft takes place in early July, right after the All-Star break or during the All-Star break. And then it's on, right? You basically get a 20-day sprint or so between the All-Star game and, uh, and the deadline. And they're going to try to act quickly would be my guess. You know, I think that this team can sort of put pressure on him to add more. Maybe I'm wrong. And Jerry sort of poo-pooed that idea and said, that's not how it works. I don't know if it were me, if it were me in his shoes, uh, that's how it would work for me. Hey, you want me to go acquire a bat? Prove it. Prove you're worth it. Don't fall out of it. Don't be 10 games back when we get to, when we get to July, right? Be yeah, within five,
1: gain a little ground, and let's go build what this thing needs to be. That's so. part of the good not great conversation. It's the like, I'm worried that it, what it takes to go from good to great takes too long when mm-hmm. the teams around you have already been great and then you are kind of stuck in this area of what could do we be. do for a year and a half.
3: But but the nice situation you're in here is you're not out of it. You're what six games behind Texas right now with three to play against them. I think certainly the sooner you could add the better and, and I'm right there with everybody else. I want them to add at least one if not multiple bats and it's not like I enjoyed watching them score three runs over the last two games. Thankfully they split those two but yeah that was frustrating yesterday and the day before two pitchers with ERAs over five essentially shutting you down Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that and Jerry doesn't want to see that Mm -hmm. so he knows they need a bat he knows what what's necessary for this team moving forward and it sounds like they've got somewhat of a plan in order to bring that in now you just got to sit back and kind of wait for that to happen, and hopefully the team wins enough games as uh, as you know along the way to make
1: that a reasonable possibility for them. Or if Tay Oscar's the bat that shows up, the same way Jared Kelnick was like, "What if Jared Kelnick?" Jared Kelnick well, again. We saw what that happened. Nothing
3: that was like. would be better than that. And I, I played you this sound earlier from uh, Ryan Divish. Let me find it. Hold on a second. I'll play it again yeah. because I I thought it was I thought this was telling. I agree with Ryan wholeheartedly. The Mariner lineup that they have is better than it has looked, and in fact is right there with some of the better lineups in the game. They're just not performing up to that.
5: We just saw, like, if you don't perform, you know, against anybody, they're going to hit. You know, I was watching the other day, you know, the Braves lost to the A's. J.P. Sears shut them down. You know, they scored one run. I mean, I, the Braves, in terms of roster and lineup, is the best are the best team I've seen this year. Not even close. It's the best team I've seen in terms of talent, overall depth. I don't look at anybody in the, in the, in the big leagues and say they have an elite roster. I mean, the Padres have a damn close elite roster, and look what they're doing. I mean, it's all about performing, producing. Talent is talent, but, like, it don't really matter. Like, for the Mariners, you know, when Julio and Ty and and their main guys are performing, they're pretty decent. It's when you get the other guys to perform a little bit where you take the next level. Like, last year's success, Sam Haggerty was good last year, was productive in the way they used them. That helped them get to where they were at. While they were getting expected production from the normal guys, Cal Raleigh took a step forward that maybe wasn't expected. That's how they got good. Right now, they're not getting production from their main guys or they're kind of lesser-known
3: guys. Yeah, I, and I think that's a, a nice way of looking at it. I tend to agree with how Ryan sees all of that. All right, we're going to talk to Ron Francis coming up here in 20 minutes. If you did miss any of the DePoto interview, go back. You can find it at seattlesports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This hour is brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 at seattlesports.com.
0: Need to know.
5: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
3: Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, wins are great. Walk off wins are even better. And walk off wins coming off of two blowout losses, probably the best ones you can get. Now the pitch.
4: Swing, line drive, right field. This should do it. Caballero's coming to third base and he can crawl home. This is all the way up to the wall and Cal Raleigh wins it in the 10th inning for the Mariners. 1 to nothing, the Mariners take down the Yankees tonight in Seattle.
3: Yeah, really nice moment. Uh, fun to see the bubble gum being poured all over Cal. And Scott Service impressed with how his young player is able to handle those big spots. Even though
2: he doesn't have a ton of major league experience yet. It seems like Cal's been around forever, but he really hasn't. In those moments, the ability to slow it down and say, okay, I've got to slow it down. Just a good chance I'm going to get another changeup. That's exactly what he got. You know what I mean? And a credit to him. And shows you how mature he is as a player. In those moments, you understand where you're at what's probably going to happen, and that's the the catcher in him comes out. Slow it down, try to get the ball up, you're probably going to get another changeup. And if you don't, maybe you foul off the fastball. If you got another changeup, put a great swing on it. He has come up big plenty of times in those moments.
3: Well, he certainly has. Wouldn't have worked if it weren't for the unbelievable pitching that they got, not just uh, you know from their starter George Kirby, but also from Paul Seawald and then Justin Topa getting out of that real tough spot, big jam in the tenth that he didn't create. So really good night. Not a lot of offense, but just enough. Julio did have two more hits, and they finished the home stand seven and three. Uh, Jerry Depoto joining us just a few minutes ago, talking through what comes next for this team, and they're through with the evaluation phase. Now it's on to the tinkering phase and saying that they are interested in adding at least one more bat. They're interested in lengthening this lineup and they'd be interested in an impact bat as long as it's somebody that they could keep around for more than just this year. They're willing to spend assets in order to get that impact bat. And then also to see if there are veterans that are available for the right price as well. So off on a big road trip, Texas, Anaheim, San Diego. You got your guy, Luis Castillo, their big deadline acquisition last year. who will get it started tomorrow night. Here's the second thing you need to know. Congratulations to Ron Francis. He'll join us here in 10 minutes to talk through his contract extension that was announced yesterday. Todd Laiwiki doing the honors. He's
4: built a franchise here it looks like ron francis it's competitive it's balanced it has grit it has determination so today we proudly announce this gentleman is with us at least through the 26 27 year and for me it is a dream come true
3: yeah that's pretty cool i mean he's got his guy and after two years of seeing what that's all about He's right. This team does look like Ron Francis when he played. And a lot of that uh, pluck and determination and grit, all of it was was sort of what made him a Hall of Fame winger for as long as he was. But he's also just made good decisions, right? Burakovsky, Bjorkstrand, Jones, Schultz, Sprong, Tolvanen, drafting Beniers, McCann, the extension. I mean, like there's some really good stuff to point at. And now the big challenge is how do you go good to great? How do you take the next step as an organization? As for Francis, just happy to be here right now. It's
4: been a real team effort, and, and um, you know, I'm sitting up here today, and they're saying good things about me, but it's it's a much bigger picture than just me. So I appreciate you being here. I'm excited to be here for uh, a few more years, and uh, hopefully, hopefully everybody's opinion doesn't change. But uh, we're going to stick to the plan and continue building it the right way so we can be a great franchise for, you know, multiple years. So thank you all.
3: A little upsetting, he called it the franchise instead of the organization. But we'll work on that and see what he has to say when we talk to him here in about 10 minutes.
2: Here's the third thing you need to know.
3: Uh, gonna head out to Seahawks practice today. In fact, Moore and I will both be out there, so usually that'll lead to some observations tomorrow. Uh, let's challenge ourselves, more. Tomorrow, we will each have one observation that does that is not about somebody's size, either positively or negatively. Okay. How's that? That's our goal for the day. Have something to say tomorrow that is not just about how big someone is. It's important to have goals.
5: We've had that.
3: I didn't Talked say about we
5: Bobo's grunting like Robbie Ray.
3: That's true. We used our we used our ears, <laughs> not just our eyes. We used our ears.
5: It's hard. It looks like um, from some of the footage they were posting earlier in the week that. Jackson Smith and Jigbo getting a little more involved. He nice. a couple touchdowns in their drills. So okay. we'll see a little more today.
3: That would be really nice. It was
5: nice. light on um, offensive starters doing anything really the last time
3: we there. All right. Well, that'll be something for us to look for. We'll report back as to whether or not the offensive starters were, uh, were doing anything. Uh, by the way, tonight, UW softball is going to face Utah in the Women's College World Series. That's in Oklahoma at 6.30 p.m. On ESPN, and congrats to Madison Husky. She is their right fielder, and she is now the Gold Glove winner. Oh, by the way, she's hitting 327 with 11 home runs. That is everything you need to know. Quarter
1: past every hour here real, on the Brock Show. Real last game, Madison Husky. That's um, pretty amazing. 206 Ooh. wants to know, but did Depoto say they'd be interested in Scantham B. Anthem? Yeah, I, you know what? You were going to ask, weren't you? No, I, I, I totally Brock, forgot about Scantha the Biantha. I figured you weren't going to do it without Brock because it was just such a thing between I us. I know,
3: but it. we should have asked him. I was sort of hoping and we're going to do, uh, we're going to end up doing uh, open phone lines tomorrow, right? We do that on Fridays at 9.30. Yeah. I was sort of hoping this may start as like something where we greet each other that way, like hey, Scant the Biantha. Scant the Biantha, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sort of hoping that becomes a show. Scant the Biantha. Right, Scantha's Bananthas, right? I mean, like <laughs> I kind of hope that becomes a show greeting for callers sure. when they call in. So if you're listening now and you're planning to call <laughs> in tomorrow for open phone lines, think <sighs> about that, right? For years Brock and I had the hey man whenever you would call. Um, you know, Howard Stern's got his hey now. I was sort of hoping that maybe Scantha Biantha will become that, but I don't Scanthas know. They have Biantha.
1: <laughs> I still don't hear it.
3: You don't I hear s- Scanthas they may have been. No, come
1: on. When you're listening I hear for it. It. it, I seriously don't. Give it to me one scantus more. Scanthas they may have been.
3: Scanthas they may have been. No. Yeah, I hear it very clearly. Yeah. Justin, get your ears unclogged. Get <sighs> get get your ears checked over there. Yanni Laurel. You Yawning. know when Cecily was younger, I made them I made her get her ears checked because she was having such trouble listening that I legitimately went to the doctor. I was like, can you please do an audio test? Just
1: need to rule this out. I want to rule out the fact <laughs> that she just
3: can't hear me. I need I need clarification on whether or not that's the problem. All right. Ron Francis will join us coming up next. Will he mention the hard work that Shane Wright needs to put in this offseason? We'll find out. Coming up on Brock and Salk.
5: Bumpin' Stacy Weekdays 10 to 2. ESPN analyst
1: Tim Kirchner. This is where GMs earn all of their money when they get close to the trade deadline, where they have to make that decision. Are we in? Are we out? Are we going to be willing to, to sacrifice, you know, some of our future to get somebody that can
3: get us in the playoffs now? I think the Mariners will do that if the right person comes along. This is Seattle sports. sports. On
5: 710.
1: 7 and, and at seattlesports.com. Um.
3: Hey, it is Mike Salk here with my friends at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, you're looking for a fun night out. Guys, look no further. Snoqualmie is just the place to go, unwind, have a little fun, maybe eat some great food. How about daily prime rib specials, fresh pasta, made-to-order stir-fry and noodles, pizza, salad bar, dessert bar, pies made daily, the whole deal. That's right. Check out both 12 Moons and Vista's amazing happy hour menus. They start at 4 o'clock. You can dine outdoors overlooking the Snoqualmie Valley or the beauty elegance of inside the dining rooms as well but man with the weather the way it's been how about that outdoor dining more details at snocasino.com it is seattle's closest Snoqualmie casino
2: roof now pay later actin's quality roofing Take advantage of zero down, zero payments, and zero interest up to 18 months. Don't put off your roof repair or replacement simply because you can't afford it today. Call Acton's Quality Roofing to lock in these special rates. They've partnered with leading lenders to make the replacement or repair of your roof affordable. Call today, one 800 Rooftop to schedule a free no-obligation estimate or visit actonsroofing.com. Roof now, pay later. Visit actonsroofing.com. These are emails filling your employees' inboxes, downloads beaming from device to device, and any one of them could be a cyber attack. Is it possible to keep your small business safe? It is with Comcast Business Security Edge. It helps keep your connected devices protected, and you can monitor threat activity in real time. So this... Security threat is the last thing you need to worry about with comcast business advanced security isn't just possible it's happening
1: get started with fast speeds and advanced security for 49.99 a month for 12 months with a two-year agreement plus ask how to get up to a 750 dollars prepaid card with qualifying internet call or go online today to learn more in 621 2023 restrictions apply Eco bill and auto pay required. New 50 megabits per second internet and security edge customers only. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra.
0: Is chronic pain beginning to make your everyday life a challenge? Then consider the only doctor with over 30
3: years of experience in pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. That's Dr. Daniel
0: Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say.
3: Yeah, I started about like a year and a half ago. uh, I started having some sharp pain in my left hip. It's getting tough to climb upstairs. Uh, tough to play with the kids. Everybody was kind of pointing towards the same thing of, you know, you had to get a hip replacement. And Dr. Nelson's great about saying, hey, you know, there's, there's different types of medicine out there that we can help fix this without surgery. Six to eight weeks later, you start to realize like, oh, I, I can climb a stair. It was really actually kind of great after that
0: eight week mark, like I can start doing things. So definitely see the results pretty quick. Don't let pain take control of your life. Consider stem cell therapy with Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000. Or you can find Dr. Daniel Nelson online at danielnelsonmd.com.
2: Stacey Rost from Bumpin' Stacy here. Do you know a woman who gives her all to the sports and events community, encourages diversity, and empowers those around her? Let's celebrate her through the second annual Women of Inspiration Award. The Seattle Chapter of WISE, which stands for Women in Sports and Events, wants to recognize a woman in our community, and we need your help finding her. Nominations are open until June 23rd, and the winner will receive a donation to the cause of their choice. Learn more at woiseattle.org. That's woiseattle.org.
0: This Seattle Sports. We a line drive. J.P. Crawford extends the arm and he takes a hit away. The home of the Mariners. This June for Men's Health Month, we're partnering with Swedish Cyberknife to encourage men to speak about their physical and mental health with family members and medical professionals. Hi, it's Dave Wyman. An important topic is prostate cancer, the second most common cancer in American men after skin cancer. When detected early, prostate cancer is curable with several treatment options. One of the most effective treatment methods for prostate cancer is with Swedish CyberKnife, and it's right here in Seattle. Swedish CyberKnife requires only five short treatment sessions, each lasting less than an hour. It's non-surgical, non-invasive, and patients can typically maintain their usual daily schedule during and after treatment. This June, during Men's Health Month, consult with your medical professional about your risk of prostate cancer. To learn more about CyberKnife for Prostate Cancer Treatment, go to swedish.org slash CyberKnife Prostate or give them a call 206-320-7187. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish
2: CyberKnife. Are you putting off your new kitchen plans? Why wait? Hi, I'm Chad Cicchini, owner of Heritage Homecraft. We'll custom build you all new cabinet doors and drawer fronts and using our exclusive quarter inch solid wood refacing process, transform your existing cabinets into a beautiful new kitchen. Add a custom quartz countertop, change things up a bit, add some more cabinets, install some cool new features like soft close drawers and sliding shelves. Whatever you like, we'll help you create the new kitchen you'll be proud of. All in about a week and installed by our own team of experts, not subcontractors. And all with way less mess, hassle, and expense than a tear-out. Stop waiting. Call the day, let one of our pros come out. We'll bring our showroom to you, give you an exact quote right on the spot and show you how easy and comfortable it'll be to get started on your new kitchen. Years of experience, thousands of happy customers. Heritage Homecraft, 425-485-1600, 425-485-1600 or heritagehomecraft.com.
3: This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
5: Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports
3: app. Well, it's rare that my wife cares what I'm doing on the air the next day, but I mentioned to her that we would be talking to Kraken General Manager Ron Francis this morning, and she said, oh, is he going to be in studio? And I said, no, I don't think so. She said, oh. I think I'd be there if he was. I remember wow. she's a an old-school Hartford Whalers fan whose family legitimately became Penguins fans after Ron Francis went to the Penguins following his time in, uh, in Hartford. So uh, he joins us right now, the proud owner of a new contract as well. Ron, congratulations. Uh, what a big day yesterday.
4: Thank you. Appreciate it very much. And uh, I have to say thanks, again to your, your wife and her family for all the support over the years. I Appreciate know. Appreciate that
3: also. She made me play Brass Bonanza at our wedding when we cut the cake. It was a rough moment. I'm not proud of it. I grew up in Boston. That was a rough moment for me. That, but That would be a tough day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we got through it. Hey, what uh, congratulations again. What a, what a cool moment yesterday. It was just such a fun run over the course of this season. What do you think was the, the biggest difference in year two for your team?
4: Um, it, it was a couple of different things um, you know in preseason we were able to kind of get together we couldn't do that the year before because of the COVID so we didn't really get the guys together the families together get to know each other a little bit and uh, we had some time on our exhibition schedule and games in between Calgary and Edmonton so we took the group to Canada and Askes and just I know for a couple of days, played some golf, um, you know, got to know each other, had some dinners. And, uh, I think that helped a lot. We got a, a dinner going into the season with all the families. And I think that helped a lot. And then, you know, we made a bunch of changes from the deadline to, you know, the trade deadline this year. And, um, you know, signed some free agents, made some trades, uh, picked up a guy on waivers and it just all seemed to gel. Um, uh, you know, we don't have the, you know, the, the so-called superstar maybe by name, uh, yet, but, uh, but our group, uh, you know, relied on their contributions up and down the lineup. And I think when you were able to do that, everybody feels important. Everybody feels like they're contributing. And nobody really cared about who scored the goal as long as the team won the game. And, and when you can get that atmosphere in your locker room, special things can happen. And I think that's kind of how things went this year for our team.
3: What was your favorite thing about this group? Um, Probably just their, their
4: resiliency. They just... Uh, you know, they didn't didn't pay attention to any outside noise. They believed uh that they were a good team. They believed they could make the playoffs. They believed they could win when they got in the playoffs and, and uh you know, they went out there every night and they gave you everything they had, which um as a GM, you know, that's what you that's what you're looking for. As a coach, that's what you're looking for. And, you know, I think as a fan who, who pays uh, money to go to the games, you want you want that from your team, right? You want them to give you what they have every night and play hard. They're not gonna win every night, but at least if you can see that they're trying to do that then then uh you know, I think you're you're satisfied with what they're trying to do.
3: About the other side of that, was there one thing about this group or or just watching them that would drive you nuts?
4: Um, year one definitely. Um, year two, <laughs> not so much. Um, no, you know, I think I think certainly at times our, our uh, the areas that you know I think we need to try and find to get better on were where the power play. And certainly, I think losing Burkowski the last half had an impact on that, but we, we need to get that a little bit better, be more of a weapon. And then the other thing is uh, face off. So we struggled, you know, uh, I think in face off. So we've, we've got to try and get that, you know, at the 50, you know, 50% or better range so we can start with the puck a little bit more at times rather than chase it.
3: You mentioned uh, sort of star players. How, is that part of the process? Is that, you know, I guess the big question is. You were very good this year. How do you go good to great? Is a star player an impact player necessary to do that?
4: Yeah, I mean you, you always like to add those guys if you can. They're not always readily available. um you know when you go back to the expansion, you know teams get to protect their best seven forwards and their best three defenses, so usually those superstars are in that group that they're protecting, and the only way to really get those guys is is to. You know, draft and develop. And, uh, you know, that's what we've tried to do on the amateur side in our drafts. It takes a little while for these kids to sort of mature and get to the point where they can step into the NHL and play. Uh, not everybody's a Matty Beneers that can, you know, can kind of do that uh, early. But um, we think we've got some good pieces coming in that regard. And But if there are, you know, moves that are out there that we feel make us better, we're certainly not going to hesitate to do that, whether that's trades or, or free agency or what have you here over the course of the summer.
3: Is there a possibility that this offseason, there doesn't seem to be one of those, you know, star, star players in in free agency. Is there a chance that one of them could be traded this year? And I'm just kind of looking at at least one team that has a few of them collected that may or may not be keeping their group together.
4: Yeah, and then that's really what what will kind of shake out over the next month as we head into the draft, right? There's a lot of talk on teams. Uh, I think a lot of people waiting to see what the final decision is on the cap number. You know, does it only go up to $1 million? Um, Does it go up more than that? Um, and certainly where we are sitting in the cap space that we have moving forward here next year, uh, we're certainly hoping that it's uh, it's only going to go up $1 million. <laughs> And that would, uh, you know, put some teams in, in maybe a little tougher spot and maybe have to move pieces. And then with us having a cap space, and the draft capital, like we had last year, was you know, are able to make the deal to get uh, Oliver Burestrand, uh because of that exact situation for another team. So, uh, you know, we're we're always watching that and hoping that that might be the case. But um, you know, time will tell over the next
3: month. Do you, you you mentioned the power play? We're talking to Ron Francis, GM of the uh, of the Seattle Kraken here on Seattle Sports. You mentioned the power play this year. Do you think and, and yeah, the Burakovsky thing obviously was problematic. Do you think that was more personnel? Is it scheme system? What what do you think it is that is sort of not allowed that unit to take off?
4: I think it's a little combination of both. Um, you know, I thought early in the season with Burakovsky and on on the on the flank there, everything was really clicking along pretty good. Um, you know we struggled uh more so i think when he was out just to try and find that niche we had you know stretches here and there where it was it was uh you know it was fine um <clears throat> but some of that too is again we don't have you know you don't have that you know whatever superstar type player or whatever that can sort of take control of your power play and run it we've got a we've got a bunch of really good players and that's been our success the reason for our success So i'm not complaining but um you know sometimes uh in a power play situation maybe that affects us uh, a little bit more than it would other teams
3: hmm. you think you're gonna, you guys are going to name a captain I, I mean hasn't been one since giordano is, is that something that is a possibility for this off season, next year down the down the line at some point
4: um it's it, you know it's certainly a possibility um you know dave and i will talk about that my my gut is we're probably at least one more season away before for naming that guy um you know, we've got a collective group that wear the A and a couple other guys that are sitting outside that. But, uh, you know, are in a lot of those meetings and discussions. And, uh, you know, we feel comfortable with the way the locker room ran this year without a captain. So I'm not sure we're in a hurry to put one in for next year, but probably uh, I can see it more so in two years out.
3: I couldn't be. I, I just couldn't help but being struck when we talked to Jordan Everly a few months ago. And he he mentioned that his locker was smack right between Maddie Beneers and Shane Wrights when Shane was here. That said quite a bit to me. I'm guessing that was not by accident? That uh, was
4: not by accident, no. <laughs> no, anytime you've got a, a, a an experienced uh, veteran like Jordan and, and, and just the knowledge he has and the professionalism that he plays the game with and how he performs every every day, whether it's practice or games, you know, when you have a young kid coming in, those are the guys you want them around. You want them talking to him about hockey. You want them watching him in, in practice or in the gym and what he's doing. And uh, so you take your uh, you take your more experienced guys and you put your young kids next to them, so they hopefully uh, learn from, from a true pro like uh, Jordan.
3: So, how as of those young kids? Right. Let's start with Matty Beniers. What I mean, great season, unbelievable. What is next for him and his development?
4: Yeah. You know, some of it's just going to be, you know, um, nature taking his time. I mean, it, it's hard. Um, you know, we're hoping that he has the ability to put on, you know, probably 10 or 15 pounds in the next, uh, you know, two, three years. And the player you see today will be different from the player you see two or three years down the road as he gets a little bit bigger and stronger and fills out. Um, I probably can help him with that. If he just wants to hang around with me for a month or so, <laughs> I can probably put some weight on him in a hurry, but um <laughs> Um, you know, that's probably the biggest thing for Maddie, and, and is sort of getting that strength, and then, and, and, you know you see him in some of the battles he's a little bit light but uh and part of it is he just he doesn't take a shift off right he's an engine he goes gives you everything he has every shift so um, you know those kind of guys it's tough to put weight on but that's probably the area that we could uh, kind of stress for him to get a little bit better at.
3: I also couldn't help but notice on uh both you and Coach Hackstall in their sort of end of the season press conferences when asked about Shane Wright both mentioned hard work why is that so important? <laughs>
4: Well, we're trying to establish a culture here uh, with the Kraken, and and everything that we have preached from day one is you come in and you earn it. Um, You know, a great example of that is Ty Cartier. We signed him as an unrestricted free agent, uh, didn't get drafted as a junior, um, went into Coachella and started on the fourth line. You know, he wasn't handed a top six position or a top line position or power play. He had to earn that stuff. You know, he went through the season, continued to get better. And then by the end of the season, he's playing games here in Seattle. And that's no different than the players we have here, the players we have in Coachella, the players that uh, we draft. I mean, that's the message we want to send to our people. Um, You know, nothing will be handed to you. You're going to have to come in and earn it. And, um, you know, certainly that's the case with all our prospects.
3: Well, it seems like you got some some guys. Who's next? I mean, we, we got a chance to see Shane Wright this year a little bit. We got a chance to see Cartier, as you mentioned. Who, who makes their who's, – who's sort of in the running to make a debut for this team next season?
4: Well, the young guys, uh, you know, certainly Cart showed in the playoffs that he, he, he looks like he belongs. So unless something you know, goes in a different direction between now and next season, I think, you know, he's he's got a chance to to earn a spot. Yeah. Um, Riker Evans, our second uh, ever pick for the Kraken organization, has been playing in Coachella all season long. Um, you know, Riker made the All Star team or the All Star game in the middle of the season, and he made the All Rookie team at the end of the season along with Karts. And, uh, you know, he's continued to play extremely well here in the playoffs for them. So um, he may be ready coming out of camp. It may take another month or two, but uh, I think at some point next season, you'll see Riker Evans up here. Um, guys from our first draft, you know, Ryan Winterton now is done with his junior career, so he can transition into Coachella if he doesn't make our team. Billy um, Ottavane in the big right shot to finish defense, and same thing, and same thing with Jacob Balanson, who was our fifth-round pick in the first year, scored 50 goals and 99 points this year in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So those guys are starting to get into the system now. Um, so, you know, hopefully their uh, their progress to The Kraken organization will be sooner rather than later, but uh, there's some good pieces certainly in the pipeline uh, coming along.
0: you
3: enjoying this? Are you enjoying being here in Seattle and enjoying sort of getting this team up and running and now into the
0: playoffs?
4: Yeah, I I love Seattle. Um, I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, which is kind of where all the Great Lakes come together. Other than the mountains, it's uh, very similar with the water and the trees and and, uh, sort of the climate but instead of the, the rain in the winter, we would get 150 inches of snow, so the rain's not so bad. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy this organization from day one. The ownership has been fantastic in you know, allowing us to try and build this the way we think it needed to be built. Uh, they've been supportive in all, all areas. Um, the people that, um, you know, I get to work with every day are, are smart, they're dedicated, they're hardworking, and, and uh, you know, it was good to see us having some success last year for me it was really enjoyable watching the guys smile at the rink or smile on the plane or on the bus because there wasn't a lot of smiling the year before and it's good to see them get rewarded and have some fun enjoying this because there's a lot of pressure in this job and you gotta have fun while you can. So uh, that part is exciting and I'm looking forward to what we can do moving forward.
3: Well, it's no Hartford, I know. I mean few few cities can be as uh, as beautiful as downtown Hartford, but uh, Seattle's trying. We're trying, and uh, we appreciate it. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Uh, it's a, it was a blast uh, for those of us to to get to watch this thing all throughout this year and into the playoffs, and we're looking forward to what happens this offseason season, what happens next year, and glad to have you around for a few more years. Congrats.
4: I'm glad to be around. I appreciate the time, and uh, anytime you want to chat, look forward to it.
3: Very nice. There you go. There's Ron Francis, uh, GM of the Seattle Kraken, and yes, my wife's favorite player, and her brother's favorite player as well. I'll shout out to Brian Wind. It's uh, his favorite player as well. He was also traded, by the way, for maybe the best name in NHL history. Not sports history, NHL history. I mean, maybe even sports history, if you're ever playing the game where, you know, like I start with a name and then you take the first letter of the, the last name, name. and yeah. do all that. And anybody ever flips you like, you know, somebody who whose last name ends with a Z, make sure you're ready with former Penguin and Hartford Whaler traded as part of a deal for Ron Francis, Zarly Zalapsky. <laughs> If you ever need it, just make sure you're prepared, right? When somebody throws Ron Zook at you or something like that and you just go, Oh, Zarley Zalapsky, and just say it casually and then move right on. You'll be good to go. What a perfect, Jeez. perfect way to lead into ranks.
0: Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwan house. Top five, top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, the list was really biased. My- Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Get top 10 list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, I'm
3: going to just be honest right off the bat. There's no good reason for why we are ranking sweets today, but I will tell you, this is the most hotly contested top five we've ever had, it and certainly, certainly, certainly the time. battle for number one will rage on. I've got an answer, but I'm not confident in it. It's okay, not waste any time. Go. For so that. let me just dig right in. I got so much sound I want to play, like "My Sweet Lord,", my sweet Lord. George Harrison.
1: Oh, yeah, the my song is Lord. I like that song a lot. Yeah,
3: I do too. I really want to hear. You. Uh, 90s alternative fans will certainly remember Matthew Sweet, who I saw in a concert.
2: That's a new one for
3: me. You don't know Matthew Sweet? I don't think I do. It's that and one other big song. They're both really good, and he was good in concert. I recommend
1: that. That's it. why it's just an honorable mention.
3: I know there's a lot of honorable mentions that I mean it's almost insulting, but Marvin Gaye's on the list.
0: Ooh, is
3: what movies does this make you think of? It doesn't make me think of a movie. It makes me think of James Taylor. American Pie. It makes me think of James Taylor. It makes me not like it. No, it's got to make you think of American (laughs) Pie. Them singing it together. Thank you, Mora. Me too. Black Sabbath, Sweet Leaf. Great
1: song. A little annoyed that's not a top five.
3: As I said, man, this is a tough one. Uh, The band Sweet did not make the top five, which is a hard one for me. I love this song. Blitz, Love is Like Oxygen. Just talking about that band yesterday. I know. And then do you call them Sweet or The Sweet? Because it sweet. seems like people go back and forth nope, on sweet. that. I read uh Nikki Six's book and he kept calling them The Sweet, and I just I couldn't understand that. I don't know what the deal was never with. Heard that. Of all- You've never heard, heard, heard of Sweet? Nope. Alright. You never heard Ballroom Blitz? Nope. What, what movie does, does ever- that make you think of? Wayne's World? Yeah, exactly. Tia Carrera <laughs> doing it.
5: If I've seen Wayne's World, it's been.
3: All right, Isn't well, Tia like, Carrera covers Ballroom I mean, Blitz I mean, I remember it from SNL. She's got the snake around her neck. <laughs> well, no, Ballroom, yeah. Okay. A theme, uh, right? The Eurythmics.
1: Sweet dreams are made of the Who am I to disagree? Annie Lennox has such a unique voice. So cool. That wasn't, was that a top five in Dreams, too? It uh, might have been. I'm Should not sure. Been. That
3: just shows how tough this category is. Yeah.
1: I mean, we get a lot Marilyn of Manson
3: version's not on the list either, sure by isn't. the way. Not this happened. song is last on the list. I hate this song. Oh, sweet, bitter, bitter, Ugh, take big head Todd and the monsters out of here. You could
5: probably just leave it off your ranking. If you no, you can't like do it.
3: that, more Don't be ridiculous. Also, <laughs> I know this is gonna be unpopular. I hate this song. I hate the way the Seahawks use it. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's fine. I think it should go away immediately. <laughs> Bad Oasis ripoff doing a song they
1: stole from the stones. Just that, no
3: thanks. You guys had a
0: lot of hate in your rank today. Yeah, that's He's complaining about feelings. James Taylor. You're complaining about no like thanks.
1: Big Head Todd he either. Reminds me of Train and
0: yeah.
3: Alright well this. let me get back to songs I do like. This is the original. I also like the Cowboy Junkies version of this.
0: TJ. TJ.
3: Sweet Jane, Velvet Underground. Cowboy Junkie's version is really good. It's very like toned down. I recommend that. See
1: everybody texting in for about my pickle take. No, sweet pickles will not be I not here. No. What a, sweet relish? Not going to work for me. No, sure, it's not going to work. Now
3: you yet. got the movie Sweet Al- Sweet Home Alabama. You got the very 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 depressing heavy movie, The Sweet Hereafter. But it's really good. It's about like a busload of kids that dies in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Avery would want me to mention the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, one of her favorite shows. You got uh, The Sweetest Thing, also a movie. Mm, Cameron Diaz. Of course, Rick Riz says how sweet it is, as you know. Yes. Sweet nice 16, March Madness, Sweet tarts, Sweet Potato Pie, Sweet Potatoes in general. Uh, Dick Butkus referencing uh, an old, old movie.
4: I don't go to movies too often, but uh, one particular movie that stands out in mind... Uh it was uh, with Betty Davis. I think it was Hush Hush with Charlotte. I got a kind of a charge when that head come rolling down the stairs. I kind of like to sit there and watch it, and see things happen, and maybe uh, project those things happening <laughs> on a football field and not to me.
3: <laughs> so great. I love
4: that.
1: Weird thing to say. Oh,
3: yeah, he's Dick Buckus, man. <laughs> you got Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, Crosby, Sills, Nash. I
2: am yours, you are mine. You
3: are what you are. Of course that's spelled S-U-I-T. I did not know that until today. Yeah. Home Sweet Home Motley Crew didn't make the list. Whoa! Tonight, I know! Tonight, I miss when he could sing. It was great when Vince could sing. It's too bad he can't sing. Anymore, but he just can't. And I can't go see them again. I like I can't do it. He can't sing. I'm yeah. sorry. Neil Diamond doesn't make the list? Touches, no. We can cut this one off. No. Sweet, Sorry. Yeah, that's not going to make the list. No. 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 Sorry. See ya. My kids would want Ava Max on here. Cecily loves Ava Max. Didn't make the list. I'm sorry. Jimmy Eat World. I'm sorry, Justin. Let me have one. No sweetness from Jimmy e World. This is the longest list. I know, there's so the many. No ever. Gwen Stefani, sweet escape. No Saweetie, best friend. No Tyrese, sweet lady. You None literally of them have make less the list.
0: than two minutes for your top five. Are you ready
3: for the top five then, Maura? Sweet
1: Baby <gasps> Rays. Oh my God, this is exhausting. Sweet Baby Rays is pretty good. Sweet Baby
3: Rays is good. Not in the top five. Number five, the father of rock and roll.
1: Sweet
3: Chuck Berry. Sorry, go old school for this. Ahead of Motley Yep. Crew. Yeah, he's Chuck Berry. He's Chuck <laughs> freaking Berry. Obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. That's number five. That's number five. Number four. Whoops. Well, it's Sweet Home <laughs> Alabama. For some reason, it didn't apply. Here we go.
1: I thought you messed it up entirely. Okay. I didn't mess it up that
3: bad. All right. That's number four. Number three. No sound for this one. Sweet and sour sauce.
1: Thank you. I was just about to say that. Sweet and sour sauce is on the top five. five. Sweet and sour
3: sauce from McDonald's with the nuggets. Yep. Sweet and sour chicken at a Chinese restaurant. Sweet and sour sauce is Awesome! Yes, has to be on this list. Certainly better than Baby race. And if it weren't for how good the top two are, it could be number one on this list. That's a I one. almost thought about making it number one because I don't know how to choose between these two songs. But I did. Number two is Aerosmith. That's yeah, such a good song.
1: What do we got left?
3: What do you have left? Did you think that was going to be number one? Yeah, what am I missing? Well, you're missing a big one, an iconic song with an iconic riff to start it. A song that my daughter Avery the other day said all songs should start like that one.
1: Oh, okay.
3: You're right. Just such a you're great. Right. Riff. You're right. Axel, I slash and the gang
1: move right past
3: that number one. Oof, sweet child. You, don't like. oh,
0: you guys did it again. That's
3: what? Sure. We
1: succeeded. Yeah, exactly. We did it's do fun. it again. Thank you. Is that a compliment? I'm taking it that way. Sweet tooth. Sweet. Sweetest thing. You too. It's not going to happen.
3: No, absolutely not. Sweet Lou Piniella. Sweet Lou, of course. You should rank bands you hate. We don't have enough time. We only have about eight, nine minutes for this segment. I'll be
0: Brock. Day. Sweet Lou wasn't on the list. Do you even
5: like sports? <laughs>
3: Well, there is one other person I should mention that I wanted to put in the top five, and that's sweetness Walter Payton. He's probably number six on this list Whoa. for me. He
5: should
0: have been top three.
3: I know I love Walter Payton. I know it's a tough one, more. What can I tell you? Tough category. Had to get sweet home sweet Alabama. Sweet Sour
0: right Sauce here. beat him out? Yeah, he sweet got so- beat up by like sweet and sour sauce. Okay, you really don't like
1: sweet sauce. Sweet Sour Sauce has a longer, longer career.
3: I mean, I love Walter Payton, love watching him jump over the line and all that for those touchdowns, hard-hitting running back. But you're going to mess around with sweet and sour sauce? Mess around, you find out. Billions and billions served. That's right. We're gonna run. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the usual collection of you know whatever. Moore and I are gonna head out to practice today. We'll have some observations. We'll have Joe Fan. We'll have your phone calls and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. We'll catch you guys. Well. G Scott will be here. Yes, I should mention that. Stick around for Bump and Stacy next. Hayes in the barn. Hey everybody. Get to the chopper.